ready for some tea. Hey, what's up, world? This is your girl, Queen Meese. Thank you so much for tuning into episode seven of the Queen's Tea Podcast. I am so happy to be joining you this week. I know I took a bit of a hiatus. The Queen celebrated her 27th birthday. Shout out to Leo Nation. But we are back. And y'all, when I tell you I am so excited to have on today's show, Charlinda Sims, y'all, First of all, Charlinda <laughs> grew up across the street. We grew up across the street from each other um, in Temple Hill. Shout out to PG County. Um, and I've always admired her. She was a year older than me. It was just always amazing, just excellent. Amazing. Always excel in high school. Um, and I ran across her Facebook status a couple weeks ago. Y'all, Charlinda <laughs> paid all over $80,000 in student loans. Yeah. Let me say it again. <laughs> Charlinda paid all over $80,000 in student loans. And y'all, she is not even 30 years old yet. Oh my gosh, Charlinda, thank you so much for stopping by the Queen's Tea Podcast. Wow, I am thank so you for honored. having me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Charlinda, girl. When I tell you that when I initially saw that, I was just like, I could not even imagine giving the money back that I like to, <laughs> like, I, like you yeah, know you can have it <laughs> I was just like I got these pieces of paper is there like a return policy because I'm gonna give y'all I need my no I can't get the whole um, degree back <laughs> but no Charlinda that is absolutely amazing I have never I was just talking to her before we started recording I've never met anyone who personally pay off their student loans especially at that amount. So, Charlinda, just share some of your background. Where did you go for undergrad? Um, just Okay. Just take it away, girl. All right. Well, thank you so much for having me, Jamisa. I really appreciate um you using your platform just so we can get the message out um that it is attainable. Financial freedom is attainable. You can pay off your student loan debt. You know, and it, even though it will take some time, it may take some time. It can be done, and it can mm. be done fairly quickly. <laughs> yeah, because like we were talking, you said that you did this in four years. Yes, I four did. Four years. Oh, my gosh. So you averaged about $20,000 a year. Yes, yes. Okay, so we'll get into the nitty-gritty a little later. Where did you go to undergrad? Okay, so I went to Howard University. Ain't you? <laughs> I'm not shouting yeah. out Howard. Oh. Because, you know, I went to Dell State, but okay. it's HBCU hey, love. HBCU love. <laughs> but so I did um, four years at Howard undergrad. I got an accounting degree there. And then I graduated in 2012. Uh, started going in 2008, graduated in 2012. And then took a year, took, Took a year off and then went into grad school. So started grad school in 2013 and graduated in 2015. So when you went to undergrad, like mm -hmm. what was your financial situation? Did your parents have a college fund for you? Did you have, did you get any scholarships? Did you have to take out any loans? Tell me a little bit about that. So um, my parents did not have a fund for me, but I was fortunate to get a undergraduate or a full tuition scholarship. Um, in accounting and even with that scholarship it paid for tuition but it didn't pay for like room board housing and and such so I accumulated and yeah I accumulated $25,000 in student loan debt undergrad and also finance bad financial decisions led to that because you know that's still pretty high considering that I had a full tuition scholarship yeah and mm -hmm. Howard is a private institution so I'm yeah. pretty sure that I mean, I don't know how much room and board is at Howard, but you mentioned that some bad spending. Um, yes. Talk a little bit about that. So um, the first two years I stayed on campus and you have to pay for that. I think at the time it was like four or five grand a semester. I really can't remember all the details. But when I moved off of campus, um, junior and senior year, that's when I really accumulated a lot of that that paying um, for off-campus housing. And, and not just paying for off-campus housing, but using my, you know, loan money to finance my entire, like, living situation, and then also spending it on clothes, frivolous things, you know, having a good time. Well, all that stuff added up, and before I knew it, you know, come senior year, I was $25,000 in student loan debt. So, 
you said that you graduated with 25 Mm -hmm. and we know that you have paid off 82 so where did the rest of that money come from the rest of it came in grad school and again so a lot of it Going into GW, GW is a private institution and it's, you know, also kind of, ex- it's expen- uh, an expensive school. But at that time, I didn't have any um, scholarships or anything. So I pretty much financed the entire, um, my entire grad school education with debt. On top of that, I t- doing the same thing I did undergrad, t- took out loans and kind of spent it use some of the money for a down payment on a car mm-hmm. um, and some other things, using it to basically live off of, you know, those first few years I was staying with um, roommates. So basically using that money too to pay for my living expenses, which, you know, adds up as well. Yeah, so when you were in graduate school, did you also work? I also did work. Okay. I, I interned a little bit, and then I think I transitioned – full-time so I became full-time and but starting out my salary was kind of you know not what it is now was probably half of what it is now and so um I wasn't really you know I was just getting by I wasn't really making it on the salary that I did have with you know my car my rent and all of my other expenses I was barely getting by and I was using some of that money to help me get by yeah and I think it was so interesting that you said that because I remember, so I, I went to Dell State and they paid half of my tuition mm-hmm. and then um, I became an RA maybe okay. a couple months into my sophomore year so I didn't have to pay for that and then I was fortunate enough to be Miss Delaware State University so my senior awesome. year I didn't have to pay for anything. Yeah. However, I still accumulated $25,000 worth of debt yeah. in undergrad. Not 25, I'm sorry. It was a little uh, over 20, so maybe okay. 21. Okay. Um, but most of it was, you know, the other half of the tuition. But to be honest, it was kind of like that extra spending, those refund checks. Oh. I distinctly remember me <laughs> getting back a refund check and purchasing a car. My Ball car out on the yeah, refund check. My first car was $3,100, <laughs> and I worked at the Department of Justice. I interned, and I maybe saved maybe $1,000 from there, right. and then I used the rest of the money for my refund check. And now that I think about it, when I look in hindsight, like the amount of student loan that I the student loan debt that I have now, mm-hmm. um, because of undergrad and grad school, yes. if I would have just applied those like thousands of dollars to that to that debt, it, exactly. I, it, it would look a little different. <laughs> yes, I totally agree. And and just thinking in hindsight, you know, hindsight, as they say, hindsight is always twenty twenty. There were so many opportunities for me to have, you know either gotten more scholarships or use my job. My job was able to pay for classes. I only, I was afraid, so I only got them to pay for one class, and I was like, oh, I, maybe I'm asking for too much money. No, use them as a resource to help you pay off or, you know, pay your way through college. There are so many other resources, but, you know, that's after the fact and the money had already accumulated, yeah. so there was no going back. But, you know, just to those out there who are thinking about going to school, Definitely, if especially if you have good grades or a good GPA, good GPA and good test scores, apply for those scholarships. You're going to get them, and 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 make sure you you know are involved in organizations because they look at that too. So yeah, it's amazing to me how many um, how much money um, just goes to waste of scholarships oh, yeah. that people just don't even apply for. And honestly, I yes. remember. I distinctly remember every year because freshman year, like you have all of these scholarships available and they do seem to dwindle a little bit after your freshman year. However, mm-hmm. there still is a large amount. Right. And it would just be laziness from me. Like yes. I didn't feel like writing another right. essay. I was in like taking off for the summer. Right. I had an internship. So that required me to work 40 hours a week. I was, I was tired of writing papers. And so a lot of it was just laziness. Exactly. One of my coworkers, I, you know, I talk to him all the time. He has um, three children and all of them are going through school or have gone through school at some point or another. One of his daughters right now, she's also at Howard University and she has like a whole little hustle situation going on. She like, she gets all these scholarships. She devotes time to looking for scholarships and she'll get so much scholarship money at the beginning of the school year that she can just, she doesn't have to work. She just lives off of that scholarship mm-hmm. um, money and 
and uses that toward her expenses yeah. for school. So, you know, just for those who are in the process of going to school or thinking about going to grad school, please look into that because there are look into your job, look into, you know, go online and do some legwork and do some searching because there is money out there. Yeah, and it like you said, the legwork. It, mm-hmm. you know. Looking back, I really wish that I would have done yes. my due diligence to Absolutely. make sure that I apply for every or even 50% of mm-hmm. the The only scholarship I got in graduate school was from my university. It yeah. was $2,000, 1000 for the fall and 1000 for spring. Mm-hmm. And then after the first year, it kind of went away. So it was just right. me. Um, I, do I can only to... think of like one or two scholarships that I might have gotten outside of the full tuition one. Yeah. I do want to talk about also like just, you know, we talked about how we made uh, finan- bad financial de- decisions. And I think that that also stems from like, I don't know about you, but mm-hmm. I know that with me, um, my parents didn't go to college, okay. you know, and my family, my aunt went to college, but it was just very different right. of my grandmother's grandchildren. Um, I wasn't the first to go, but I was the first to go and finish. Yeah. Um, one of my cousins went, and the next semester, she unfortunately had to come home. Okay. Um, but they had never given me, and not even, besides school, my, my family had never given me really financial knowledge. Right. You know, it's kind of right. one of those things <clears throat> where I didn't know we were poor, Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Until like we got a little older, but yeah. what I noticed was you never saw it. You never, I saw, never it. saw it. That's right. But what I will say is that when we lived in an apartment, I didn't know how that we were poor. But as soon as we got a house, I, and I got a little older, mm-hmm. um, when my grandparents got their home, they got their home very very late in life in their fifties. Okay, and that's when I started that's to see awesome. the struggle. Yeah, but they had their parents had never taught them financial tools. Right. So they never taught me financial tools. And so that's why I did make a lot of those bad decisions because they did not have a college fund for me. And it's no fault of them. Also, they can't teach me something that they didn't know. And, you know, this is besides the point, but this is why I had a a big issue with Drake's God's Plan video. It was a great video. And I love the fact that he gave folks Mm -hmm. um, in marginalized communities money. But But the issue is that, we're giving folks money, but we're not giving them the tools, tools to, to grow that money or That's to save that money. True. And I can guarantee you that with the exception of the young lady who got the scholarship mm-hmm. for school to, to the actual university and the folks who he took uh, took on a shopping spree, I'm pretty sure that majority of that money is What's gone that? because yeah. we are not investing in black and brown communities to kind of educate us That's on financial literacy and that financial freedom is attainable for us. That's that's absolutely true, Jamisa, and I think you're right. So my mom, she went to school. Um, she's a UDC grad, but my dad did not. Um, even still, they were able to attain, you know, attain home ownership, um, buy a house, and you know, put us in a nice middle class community across the street from you, <laughs> right? But um, at the same time, I, I think a, a lot of times they you know, didn't spend money necessarily how I would spend it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't learn those habits until, you know, I was like, hey, I'm I'm just not making it and something's wrong here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, another thing I wanted to bring up was the fact that as, as far as the student loan situation and paying off student loan debt and our parents not having a fund, you know, I will, I'll be honest and say sometimes I'll be like, what, huh? Why didn't my dad save for me? Why didn't I have this, you know, money? Like, you know, you see, uh, sometimes you see other people's families with, but you got to be mindful that this whole student loan debt situation and, and the price of, you know, an education has ballooned in mm-hmm. the last generation, the last couple of generations, the last decade. Mm-hmm. And so my mom, you know, I speak to my mom all the time and she, she tells me that when she went to school, all my grandmother had to do was write a check for her semester and it was covered, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's not the case now. (laughs) That is, I mean, the cost of education is like 10 times Mm -hmm. what it was. So there's no way, you know, my parents are looking at this under a new set of eyes. Like I am like, wait a minute, this is complete. This is expensive. This is like, you know, what are we going to do here? And so, but I will say this about my parents, even though that they did not um, have the funds to send me off to school. My mom is the reason why I had a full tuition scholarship at Howard. When I graduated from um, high school, there was no mention 
of me, you know, graduating with like valedictorian status being, you know, so, you know, my Howard University didn't know that I was even eligible for a scholarship, but it was my mother who pressed them and, and kept asking. And so that's how I even, you know, came up, with, you know, got the scholarship. But um, also, I will say that even though they did not have, they always had the money to send me off to school, they always created opportunities where I could. For example, they let me move back home and pay very low rent just so I could, you know, um, pay off my student loans faster. So um, just the parents out there who may not have the means to send their kids off to school, you, you never know. You can always create opportunities elsewhere or help them in other ways, if not monetarily. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to, you, you talked about how the um, price of education has kind of ballooned. And, yes. uh, you know, studies show, so this is a 2015 study, y'all. We're in 2018 now. So I know that these numbers um, have increased, but 68% of bachelor degree recipients graduated with student loan debt. And the average student loan debt for undergrad is $30,000. Yes. You know, which is about right because mm -hmm. I graduated with a little over 20. Same. And like I said, this is 2015. So mm -hmm. I would be so interested to know like what the 2017 and what the 2018 right. numbers will look like. Yeah. Uh, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. And that's a lot of money for someone who's coming out of school and they, you know, are probably making what, 30, 40 grand, if that, if they're lucky. Mm -hmm. And to have to tackle, it's like you're coming out of school and you already have this major obstacle already at the gate, you know, that you have to deal with. And um, I also want to, while I'm thinking of it, it's also important um, when it comes to picking your majors. Mm. Picking your majors is important. I kind of didn't know it and it wasn't until I had already picked the major, but I kind of picked a, a lucrative field, a good field to make money in that allowed me to pay off my student loan debt quicker, you know, over, over the years, my salary kind of increased. And when it did, you know, I kept my spending at a minimum and the difference I was able to tackle my student loan debt with. So if you're, if you're thinking about going to school out there, make sure you pick a, um, a major that is in a, in a good field where you can make money because a lot of times, you know, there are students who get out of school with this much debt, but then they major in something that is hard to find jobs in. Yeah. And so then they're stuck and they, and then they consider grad school or some other way and, you know, not really having a plan and you accumulate more debt. So it's something as simple as doing a search on lucrative fields or fields that would allow you to make whatever, to live whatever kind of lifestyle you want to live. Yeah. So. And so for me, it was the opposite because, yeah. you know, when I was growing up, I always wanted to be a teacher. Yeah. You know, and then I found out how much te teachers got paid. <laughs> right? And then I was just like, oh my this gosh, like something work. is wrong with America. Why <laughs> are we paying football players millions of dollars, yeah. but we pay average teachers yeah. forty and $45,000. Yeah. Um, and then I really uh, got into government and politics. So yeah. I got my degree in political science. That's all. Awesome. Maybe a year or two after I graduated, I was like, I don't really think I want to do this no more. Mm -hmm. You know, like yeah. this is in my jam, um, yeah. which is why I got my master's in public administration with a concentration in nonprofit management. And now I'm in organizing, okay. you know, so you never know where life takes you. Yeah. Huh? So it's yeah. just kind of like one of those things where had I known what I knew now, what mm -hmm. I know now, I probably would have picked a different path um, in undergrad. That way I would not have had to completely like change up and yeah. go back and accumulate more debt with a master's degree. Right. You know, I, cause I just knew I was going to be a lobbyist. I just, <laughs> I knew, knew, right. I just knew I was going to be a lobbyist and I, I am not right. a lobbyist and I don't want to be one. Yeah. Um, so let's kind of just, uh, catapult into why you are on this show um charlinda okay how in the world did you pay <laughs> off eighty over eighty thousand dollars in student loan debt like what was kind of like the light bulb that went off and then what were the steps that you took to start tackling this student loan debt okay so all, very good questions so it started the idea of paying off this debt came about sometime in 2014 it was about four years ago and actually it might have been a little sooner than that because I was still living with my roommates at the time and I was barely I mean barely making it so I had two other roommates we were living in a three-bedroom apartment 
and even with that, um, even with, you know, having rent split up like that, I had a car loan, car insurance, I had cell phone bill, we had cable, we had this, we had that, we had all of these utilities and things, and I just could not cover my expenses. And I'm like, something has to give, you know, I can't, I can't make it. My credit is okay, but it could be better. And it's not going to get any better with all of these expenses and me not being able to pay for it. So I, so, um, the idea started coming about around that time. And then what happened is I, I, I was in grad school at the time. Um, and I took a personal finance class. I was struggling in the grad school. I had a lot going on at the time. And I was like, hmm, let me take this personal finance class. Maybe it'll take off some of the load of some of these classes. Mm -hmm. But that class changed my life. It really did. It told me, it, t it, it just spelled everything out for me. We, we had these financial calculators and, and we looked at the numbers and we saw, okay, if we paid off debt in 10 years, this is how much interest it will cost us over the life of the loan. And interest for all of you guys who don't know out there is the cost of borrowing money. So when you take out a loan, a car loan or any kind of loan, the lender charges or the lender gives you an interest rate. That is your cost of borrowing. If your interest rate is high, then you're paying a lot of money for some debt. If your interest is lower, you're paying a little money. But over time, the longer you take to pay off your loan, um, that adds to the cost of of that debt. So I, I crunched some numbers and I realized, okay, if I paid this loan, these loans off in 10 years, let's just say at that, whatever, 6 or 7% interest rate, it's going to cost me 20000 or whatever, $30,000 more than if I just pay it off in four years. Right. So me being a numbers kind of girl, I'm like, man, the numbers make sense to me. All I got to do is pay this debt off sooner, and when I pay it off at a faster rate, it'll cost me less money. So I said, huh, how can I do this? And, and at the time, I didn't just have student loan debt. I had credit card debt. I had thousands of dollars of credit card debt. I had a lot going on. Mm -hmm. So I was like, huh, how can I do this? So I listed out all of my expenses, and at the time, I had credit card debt, student loan debt. Um, I had all of my bills and stuff. And I looked at my net, my net income, what I'm actually bringing home each month. And I'm like, I got to cut some of these expenses. What's my largest expense at the time? My largest expense at the time, of course, was rent. So I'm like, how can I cut this down? So I called mom and dad up and I said, hey, mom, hey, dad, I'm, I'm trying to pay off this debt. And at the time, I think I was like 2013, I, mean, no, I was what, 23 years old. Mm -hmm. So I said I could pay, you know, if I could pay this off by like 27 or 20, 28, I'm good to go. I'm still young and I can go on with my life and do whatever I want to do. So I had to make the sacrifice of moving back in with my parents. It wasn't something that I wanted to do because, you know, I'm living my life, I'm doing my thing, I got my little, you know, friends I'm hanging out with and stuff like that. But I'm like, this is going to catapult catapult my financial future yeah. if I just make this sacrifice now. So I, you know, called my parents. Of course, they were on board with it. Um, like I said earlier, they may not have had the money to send me through school, but they created the opportunity for me to move back and save this money. And so that's when I went from paying, I guess, eight or $900 in rent. It went down significantly, and I paid my parents like maybe like $400 in rent. And so <clears throat> that was the first step. I cut that major expense. And then I went down line item by line item. We had, um, we had cable and all these utilities. Well, of course, those went away when I moved back home with my parents. Um, and even my parents had cable, but um, the, and my mom asked me, do you want cable? We, we can get cable. Nope. I stayed with like cheaper alternatives like Netflix, Hulu, mm -hmm. all that stuff. Um, and then my next bill, my car. Well, I couldn't get rid of my car car note because I needed that to get to and from work. But my insurance, I made sure that I got, had the lowest rate possible, the best insurance that I could afford. Um, and even with my um, my cell phone bill, just went down, called my called T-Mobile, made sure I got on the lowest plan possible. So with every expense that you have, just looking at either 
getting rid of it or finding a cheaper alternative. And for those who, who are out there, maybe moving back in with your parents is not an option, but maybe you can get roommates or for families. Okay, well, you may not be able to cut that um, home expense because you have a significant other now, but you got to realize you might have more income. So you look at your situation and don't look at the weak, perceived weaknesses of, of what you got going on. Don't say, oh, well, I can't move back in with my parents. I can't do that. Well, just look at how you can increase your income. Right. So that, that, was, that was my first step, looking at all of that. And then the second step was, okay, I need some more money. So, you know, how am I going to pay off debt? I need large sums of money every pay period or every month to tackle this debt. So from 2014 to 2018, I made sure I did well at work and made sure I was on target for my promotions. Every year I got my promotions. And when I got my promotions, my lifestyle did not increase. So a lot of times when people make more money, it's like, oh, I can get this nice car now. Yep. I can, you know, oh, I can buy this now. No I can get Chick-fil-A. Right. I can get Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I, I can't, I don't need McDonald's no more. <laughs> I can get Chick-fil-A. Or what, or what have you. Your expenses start going up. It's natural. You see more money in your account. It's like, oh, I got more money to spend. Exactly. No, 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 no. You got to stay at that. If, if you could afford this lifestyle at uh, $40,000, on $40,000, if you start making $60,000, there's no reason for your income to, I'm sorry, there's no reason for your expenses to increase. Right. So you still live on that lifestyle, um, and but at the same time, you're throwing, you're throwing money at that debt. You're putting that money at that debt. So over time, you know, my income um, increased, and so that means larger amounts went to this debt, Right. So, um, and, and on top of that, and I also want to say on top of that, I also look for opportunities to increase my income outside of work. So, um, you can utilize the skills that you've accumulated. So like we've been talking about the student loan that you've been going to school all these years, you have a set of skills that someone is willing to pay you for. You may not know that, or you may not think of it like that. Even I didn't think of it like that. You do somebody's hair. For free, you do a, a family member's hair for free, and it's like, oh, I'm just doing hair for my cousin. No, that's a skill exactly. that you need to be monetizing. Yep. I went to school for accounting. I can do taxes. I used to, oh, I'll do your taxes. Don't worry, don't charge. You don't have to. I won't charge you. No, I started monetizing those skills for money, and when I made that, when I got that money, it instantly went to my debt. And even, um, I became a Lyft driver. I, my mom, she, you know, she lifts and she was telling me you should do lifts if you're trying to make some extra money. So I became a Lyft driver after work. You know, sometimes I'm like, you know, sometimes I'm tired after work, so I can't do it. And there's other times it's like, you know, I can work a little bit, yeah. a couple hours and make a couple hundred dollars in, in the week and through that money toward debt. Or if, you know, let's just say I wanted to go on a trip with some friends or do something like that. At least I'm not messing with the money that was set aside for my loans. Right. I have other income. So um, those are some of the main things that I did. And over time, um, I, I tell everybody this. This is so important. You have to be consistent. Mm -hmm. You have to be consistent. There were times where, you know, I wanted to you know, shop or do, or go out, go out on a trip that I knew I couldn't afford, but you got to pull the brakes and say, well, time out. This is going to push my, you know, payoff date back. I can't do this right now. Mm -hmm. I I'm not willing to, you have to not be willing to jeopardize or sacrifice this goal for something else. And I think when I, when I started really looking at it like that, like this is, this is something that you have been talking about that you want to do for, for years. You have to be serious about it. That's when things started, you know, aligning for me. That, oh, girl, I'm just almost in tears <laughs> over here. You can, because, and I tell everybody, woo, you can do it. Listen. You can well, use me as an example. Yes, you can do it. Well, listen. Well, you see in this corner over here, I'm working on my balloon structure. Somebody, tons of people are going to pay you for that. Absolutely. Yes. I have two gigs this weekend. There um, we go. Personal plug, if you are interested in <laughs> balloon right. columns and balloon arches and infinity arches, please hit me up. There we um, go. Um, but even like, uh, when I was planning my wedding, mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? I'm really crafty. Why would yes. I pay somebody to like 
make my bouquets exactly. and I made my own bouquets and the people were like, Oh, I like him. Can you make mine? And so, you know, my husband, he does photography. Uh, you know, he, I got him a, a really good camera for our wedding present and now he gets, you know, five, six gigs a month That's or awesome. more. So we are like on that piece. Yeah. My issue is Amazon. And, you know, mm-hmm. I was telling Charlinda that, um, my idea of paying off student loan debt is writing celebrities. And um, <laughs> if you know me, then you have seen my message that I write to celebrities. I actually slide in their uh, DMs. I have the same message that I send to everyone. Um, and I have no shame in my game I know, because right. I will end up on the shade room one day mm-hmm. with one of these celebrities paying my uh, student loan debt. Exactly. Um, I even, it was so funny because. I met Judge Mathis um, in the airport and, you know, we had a nice little kiki and we talked. And so after being off the plane, you know, I had my story of self and mm-hmm. I just like really gave it to him. And I was like, Judge Mathis, I want you to help me make my dream of financial freedom a reality. And Judge Mathis played me. He so Judge Mathis, you. if you oh. ever hear this, I do not appreciate you playing me. You could have said no in a nicer way. But, you know, I I do think that what you're saying, I'm thinking to myself, did I really need to purchase those tassel earrings from Amazon? Also, I'm thinking that I need to start um, writing Jeff Bezos, um, the CEO of Amazon, since I spent so much money in his company. Better yet, I challenge you to just get rid of it. Just cancel it. Cancel it, Jamisa. You can do it. Just cancel it. Don't give them another dime. Well, I need it for my business. Oh, okay. That prompt, but oh, you that's have, different. Yeah, okay. need, you got to pour into your business. I'm, but you know, I'm buying other things as well. So you're yeah. challenging me. I accept your challenge. Okay. Um. So <laughs> I, I, have, I do have a question though. Yeah. So while in the, the span of these four years, you know, you said that you made better choices. Um, I know yes. before we started recording, you were saying that instead of going to like Forever 21 and H&M, you will wait for 50% off day. Okay. Yes, store, I did. And spend like $50 there and get yes. to office, which is amazing. I love a thrift store. I love thrift um, but did you did were there times that you did splurge? So like, did you go on trips with your friends or yes. like, did you buy something? How did how did that work? Yeah. So there were times. I mean, the thing that I try to get people to understand is that you can still do what you want to do during while you're trying to pay off debt. You just have to think of creative ways to save the money. The money is always going to be the issue. How can I do it in a cheaper way? So. Um, a lot of times, there were certain, certain times where I had to just sit outright say no. So if it's like a lavish, expensive trip, I can't, during my journey, I can't do that. But let's just say I wanted to meet, I still want to meet up with my friends. I got to meet up with my girlfriends. I got to meet up with my friends. We may not be able to go to Dubai for um, our trip, but we can go to Miami. Right. You know, and it, and it, it, does, it doesn't have to be. Four times a year. It could be two times a year instead. So it's basically doing everything in moderation. That's the key to it all. Just doing it in moderation. So that's that's just that's just what you have to do. You have to decide, okay, is this worth me prolonging my my journey? Is this worth me holding off on certain things? Yeah. And if the answer is no, then you have... And, and there have been times where I've had to. If, if family issues come up, yeah. someone gets sick... Um, there in and I I just need to step in and help. Then there is times where there are times where you can't. I just can't compromise. I have to just help. I yeah. can't just not help. But and for it, the most part, you can get around it. Yeah. <laughs> and I think what what it sounds like and what keeps resonating throughout our time together is just like discipline. Yes. And I think that if we as millennials were to change our thinking a little bit, because I feel like most millennials and myself included, I'll be mm-hmm. completely transparent. I'm just like, well, I ain't never going to pay these loans mm-hmm. and, you know, I've, I'm going to work that. at this nonprofit and they're going to forgive them after 10 years and I'm going to tell I've them that, that Jesus paid it all and I just want to live my best life because the loans aren't going anywhere. And yeah. I think that and uh, that's not the right um, mindset because yeah. what I hear you saying is it doesn't take 10 years to pay off these loans. You can mm-hmm. do it in less than five. You can do it in your 30s. My aunt is in her 50s. Mm-hmm. She graduated in the 80s. She's still paying student loan off. Wow. You know? Wow. And I'm just like, you know, yeah. it amazes me. Um, I'm pretty sure that most of the, that time, you know, they were in deferment 
or anything like that. But mm-hmm. I think that we do live in a generation where we're like, you know what? I'm gonna live my best life now. We have all these songs. It's social media, life. Social media, and on the ground, <laughs> on the ground. Um, but you know, let's stop there for a second. Let's really stop there because I, I almost fell into that too. It's almost, it, it's like social media is like high school. Times a million. Yes. Like, it's really like you're, you're in high school and, ooh, I want to be caught with the Jordans on so I could flex on my friends and they could see my little outfit. No, it don't matter. None of that stuff matters at the end of the day. People are flexing on these social media sites. Got all these designer clothes and the finances are trash. Listen, every time <laughs> I see somebody no. post it with like red bottoms no. or like all these like bags Absolutely and stuff, not. I'm like, sis, do you have a thousand dollars? You know, that there are studies that show that the average America American does not have a thousand dollars in their savings account. It's sad. But I, you was got there. Red bottoms, I was there. The MG- MCM bags mm-hmm. and all this stuff. Yes. Uh, but see, my issue is that I'm really frugal, mm-hmm. and I think that I get this from my grandmother because she is a thrift store queen. My mother, um, I get it from my mom. But Jeez. I think that in some ways that I'm doing better because I buy cheap things. But you I have to realize that yeah. I still go overboard with yeah. the cheap things, and those things add up. They I lied to you now. Yeah. I would honestly be baffled with the amount of money that I have given Amazon. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, and even like, um, sites like Boohoo and Misguided, mm. they'll, they'll send me emails. Kiki, do you love 60% off? <laughs> I saw and I'm just like, oh, I do love 60% I saw off. <laughs> and then I end up spending $200. And I'm like, oh, I got 10 outfits. And I don't even wear half of them. You don't wear so, half. So, you know, some of these things, I'm just, I, while I'm listening to you, I'm just yeah. literally, like, checking myself, like, girl, yeah. you need to do better. Spending money every day at, like, lunch and breakfast. I don't know. For some reason this week, mm-hmm. I've been buying breakfast and lunch. And I work in D.C. Yes, it's expensive. Up. Yes. And you know what? That's the thing. So, you might not, oh, my God, there's just so much to be talked about, but, Another thing that helped me was getting, like, some sort of spending tracker app on my phone. So, mm-hmm. I use Mint. Mint not only tracks your spending. They look at your net worth. They look at your assets. They look at your debt. So, over time, I can see, okay, I started here with my debt. Wow, it's gone down over time. If it were going up, if I could see a trend that it were going up over time, that would, you know, that would worry me. But at least I know that it's there. Like, you, you need some sort of spending app. For example... To your point, I got a cafeteria at my job, and you don't know how much money I would give the cafeteria company. It's Aramark. That's the, the company. Thousands of dollars. Is it, is it pay per pound? No, no. Oh. Well, yeah, it is per pound. Oh, some some lines are up. some <laughs> signs are pay some lines are pay per pound. Mm-hmm. Some some are just cheap. Um, you know, you just weigh it or, or just just buy something outright. But it was like. You know, over time, I would say I would do a search of Airmark, the company, and Mint would tell me, okay, over a year's time, you spent like four thousand dollars, four grand on some cafeteria lunch. Ooh. <laughs> I wouldn't no, mine. you gotta, but you gotta constantly look at this stuff. Mm-hmm. And had I not had that app that tracked my expenses, so that I could see, okay, this is how much you spend it, or look at your debt. There was a time where my debt had just been going up, going up. Every time I'd be scared to look at the app because it's like, oh, I know that, you know, when I was getting, when I, while I was accumulating student loan debt, it would show that it was increased. And I was like, oh, I got to do something about that. But that pressure, you yeah. need to feel that pressure. You need to be uncomfortable because when you're uncomfortable, you're more willing to change that habit. But if you don't know about it, if you don't have that tracker app or if you don't have a way of looking at your expenses, how will you know? How yeah. will you know? So. And I think also, speaking of apps, two apps that I absolutely love um, because it kind of helps with that the average American doesn't have $1,000 saved mm-hmm. are Digit and Capital. Ooh. And so with Digit, it links to your bank account uh-huh. and it basically monitors your spending habits. Yes. And every, so de- so, uh, all, uh, every couple of days, mm-hmm. it calculates how much they, it thinks that you can save. Oh, and so it just comes out automatically. Now sometimes they get crazy because they'll take a hundred dollars, <laughs> um, but so they get a little wild. But yeah. with capital, capital rounds up your change. 
Oh, see, all of that. It rounds up. your change up. And so you can add rules. Mm-hmm. And so I'm on the 52 week and I'm on the roundup. Okay. So every time I spend a dollar ninety, they save 10 cents for me. And every week they save a certain amount. So week one, they save $1. Week two, $2. So important. I have only been in it for a couple months. I've already saved almost four hundred dollars. That's crazy. And this is, and I, I, I don't even know that it's saving. Yeah. You know, and when it gets below one hundred dollars, my bank account is it pauses. But I just was like, wow, this is amazing to me because mm-hmm. you know we're going on a trip to Jamaica, and I'm like, wow, I, this money is just saving from change and like a, a, a weekly roundup, right? And when it's time for my trip, I don't have to go into my existing finances. Like you can it's go saving it on and its you don't own. even know it. Yes. And that's another thing. I like things that work for me behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. So for example, I, I, I would like to say that I am a disciplined person, but I still don't want to leave things to chance. I have direct, direct deposit set up just for savings. For example, like when I get paid money goes out of my account to savings before I don't want to be left with the decision to oh put the money in my savings because there might be a week where I might not do it. Amen. You you know, <laughs> so I don't want to leave it on me. You, it's good to have things working behind the scenes in your favor, like direct deposit. Set up a direct deposit going to your savings account. Mm-hmm. For my student loan debt, I had a an account just for direct deposits into my for my student loan debt. So there was one account. No other. No other. Um, no other direct deposits were linked to it. I didn't even have a, a card to this account. I didn't have a card to this account. When the money went in that account on on a Saturday, by Monday, it was out mm. to be paid. And that was the next question I was going to ask you. Mm-hmm. Did you save the money and do a lump sum, or did you do monthly payments for your student loan debt? I did monthly payments. Okay. I, I've, <laughs> if I go into my Fed loan, it's literally like over 200 payments just from, you know... From when I started to now, and every I got paid every two weeks. So when the when I got paid, the money would automatically go to that account. I had mm-hmm. a d- direct deposit, so a thousand dollars would go to that account. And so all I would do on my end is set up the the actual payment, and then the money would come out. But like I said before, I didn't have any account cards to it, so there was no. Oh, I accidentally I'm gonna borrow from it. Yeah. There was no way to transfer the money to something. No. None of that. So that kept me accountable. There was no way of getting around making that payment. But let's just say I had it in my Bank of America account, which is linked to all my spending. And yeah, that could have easily have been used to, you know, I don't know, pay for an outfit or something or, you know, even accidentally overspent, you know. So it's just good to have things working behind the scenes so to hold you accountable. Yeah. And even for folks who are, you know, who are working at nonprofits, you know, you mentioned Fed Loan. Mm-hmm. They have a program where if you make 10 years or 120 payments, yeah. they automatically forgive the balance of your loan. Yes. And 10 years seems like a long time, but yeah. if you are in a situation yes. where you can move back in with your parents or you can make a lot of... Um, of major uh, deductions or savings. Yeah. Think about working at a nonprofit or if you are working at a nonprofit and you have been paying for years. Yeah. Fill out that application. Absolutely. all of those payments, past payments can go towards the overall forgiveness of your loan. Right. I know that um, when I was talking to the folks at Fed um, Loan, it, in 10 years, I would have paid maybe just under just over 30 or 35 yeah. and my total is 67 okay. and so that's great right. that it's going to save me you know over awesome. you know twenty thousand right. dollars um or just under i'm not a math person at all yeah um but that's all awesome. you're saving money exactly line. yeah um, and i'm already i'm just making the payments that i will automatically we have do. made yeah that's awesome and i'm i'm a government employee so um i also looked at we have a PSLF public service loan forgiveness program. That's so wordy. I always uh, say it slow, but you know, I definitely considered it. I actually enrolled in my program, my PSLF program. Um, at the time I, I, you know, I decided that it wasn't the best program for me in my situation. I wanted to pay it off soon. And then there were some other things about the program. Like, um, a lot of people don't know that once your loans are forgiven, um, 
So that lump sum amount, once it's forgiven, you are taxed on that amount. Mm. Yeah. And that was something I didn't know until I looked into it. Um, and actually, I had a friend a few uh, weeks ago. He had asked me about that, too. But you're taxed on that lump sum amount. And so I was like, uh, maybe I could just pay it off sooner and, you know, get out of debt. And there were some other things about it, too, like the uncertainty of the program. Um, even though that might not be as high of a, a possibility, like the uncertainty of a program, that was still something I was like, I don't know, you know, and, and, and at the time, I, w I didn't even know if I wanted to stay in in my government agency. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I don't know if I want to, you know, dedicate this time, and then I decided to move out. So, so speaking of taxes, because I mm -hmm. know that, you know, the you can claim the interest that you pay towards your student yep. loans. Was that something that you took advantage of? Absolutely. So when my income, um, so they have these phase out periods. So as soon as your income starts increasing, you'll phase out of the program. Since then, I phased out. But the, those first couple of years, I definitely took advantage of that. And even the money that, you know, the credits that I got from, you know, the the interest accrual, I used that money and it went right to some yeah, debt. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's why I keep trying to tell these celebrities when I ask them. Like, <laughs> you can get this money back. You can get this money back. You can, you can money write back. off as a donation. Yes. Or you can just use it. Absolutely. I you know, I won't claim it. I promise I <laughs> right. will not claim it. I won't it. even just say anything. Pay it. Just, I won't even tell the shade room. Like, <laughs> I won't say anything. I will just tell my husband and we will just Just keep be, it between us. We, we don't have to tell anybody. <laughs> Um, That's so hilarious. as we come towards the end of the show, Charlinda, just give the people just some tips, some encouragement, okay. um, <clears throat> to achieve financial freedom through credit card debt, student loan debt, just overall debt. Okay. My first, um, I guess tip or tidbit is that you can do it. And I know that sounds cheesy, corny, cliche, whatever you want to call it, but I am literally an everyday girl. You know, there's nothing special about my situation that sets me apart from anybody else, you know, and, and I did it. You know, you just have to be willing to do it. You, It's one thing to have the goal in your mind, but goal, just to have the goal and not working towards, it's not going to work. So even if it's small strides, maybe not four years, maybe eight years, maybe 10 years, why not even 10 years? You know, you can do it, though. You just got to stop deferring or forbearing those loans because the interest is just accruing on that lo those loans and you're not making payments. So you think, oh, you know, I'm good. I ain't making payments. Oh, it's still costing you. You're going to have to pay one way or another. So right. just why not start now and just change your lifestyle a bit? It doesn't have to be super drastic changes. Okay, you don't want to move back in with your parents or, or what have you. Just get a roommate or... Or better yet, if you want to keep that same lifestyle, find other ways to make income. You know, it's it's two variables here. Either lower your expenses or increase your income. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to lower your expenses, just increase your income. If you can't increase your income, just lower your sp expenses. Right. You know, you can do one, two, or both. So that's just the biggest thing. It, it's just, it really comes down to simple math when you're talking about, you know, trying to pay off debt. The other thing I tell everybody, like I said before, is to be consistent. There's going to be times when you don't want to make these payments. And I, I know it's easier said than done, but you have to. Or if you do if you do mess around and, and let's just say you, okay, kind of went overboard, went out for your birthday friend's birthday event or your birthday event and kind of overspent a little bit, make sure you make that back up. Okay, so I accidentally took out this much money. All right, next pay period. I got to with, withhold it from myself to pay it back. Mm -hmm. you just hold yourself accountable. Because, I mean, nobody's perfect. I've had slip-ups throughout, or sometimes I overspend, got a little crazy at the thrift store, right? <laughs> <laughs> got a little crazy? Either. No. <laughs> but, you know, there are going to be times throughout where you kind of slip up or, or what have you, and just know that it's okay, and just bounce back from it. Okay, it's like, we're here, so what am I going to do now? And so the, those are the two big things. Consistency, discipline, and knowing that it can be done, I'm I'm a believer. I'm a believer. I'm giving you my testimony of how it can be done. Yeah, and you know, one of the things, uh, the first episode of the Queen's Tea Podcast, um, you know, I had mentioned that I wanted this podcast to be a place where we uplifted Black excellence. And Charlinda, you oh. are 
Jamisa, I mean, stop it. Just absolutely. I'm just blown away. I'm blown um, away by you. At, with you. And um, it's so funny, too, because one of the things that what I thought about about the tips or going forward is that we have to use people like you and mm-hmm. uplift them so that people know that it's possible. Like it's you possible. said, you know, you're a regular girl. Regular girl. You know, a lot of times in our communities we see celebrities or we see people, you know, who have all this money and we think, oh, you know, I can't do it. But you are living proof that it can be done and that mm-hmm. in black and brown communities, we can achieve financial freedom yep. without becoming a celebrity, without making millions of dollars. It right. just takes consistency and discipline. Right. And I salute you, Queen. I just want to thank you so much for oh stopping God. by the show this afternoon. Couldn't have missed it. Give them your Instagram, Facebook, oh. all of that. Tell the people how they can get in touch with you if they need help. <laughs> okay. Again, my name is Charlinda Sims. I'm named after my mom and dad, Charles and Linda. Hey, Ma. Hey, Dad. <laughs> Charlinda Sims. Um, my Instagram is Charlie's Darling, C-H-A-R-L-I-E-S-D-A-R-L-I-N underscore. Charlie's Darling underscore. So, and then I also, the biggest thing is I have a financial blog, Instagram blog, um, at your best finance. So encouraging others to live their best life. Financially, of yes, course. y'all go and follow Charlinda. Uh-huh. Go and follow the blog. Financial freedom is possible, y'all. We have to start building generational wealth for, for our, our kids, children, our for nieces, their, I'm telling you, my favorite line off of the Carter's Everything yes. is Love is my great grandchildren already rich. That's a lot of brown, brown babies, babies on your Forbes list. Amen. Yes, we have to have to elevate stories like this. We have to Amen. lift them up. Thank you again so much, Charlinda. I really, really appreciate you, Queen. I salute you. Thank and thank you. you for tuning into episode seven of the Queen's Tea Podcast. This is your girl, Queen Meese. I hope that you have learned <laughs> something today. I hope that you will share this podcast with folks who are thinking about going to college, who are thinking about going to grad school, who mm-hmm. have any type of debt. Yes. Y'all, we can overcome financial debt together. We yes. have to help each other. And if any celebrities are listening, you can reach out to me or you can respond to my DM because I, I've, I've hit up about 20 folks at the same time. Um, so please respond. But thank you so much for listening. I hope to see you on next week's episode of the Queen's Tea Podcast. And as always, I hope that your cup has been filled. Oh.